Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, new data from the Census Bureau that shows that men are not earning as much as they were earning, inflation adjusted, two generations ago. And coming up yet later, the new iPhone has a new technology in it that's going to save you money. That's right. The iPhone may cost a zillion dollars, but they're leading to lower costs. I'll tell you how. And there's a hot move now when I go into stores. Have you noticed how stores have decided they're adopting the whole airline frequent flyer thing with having their loyalty programs? And every time you buy something, they want you to put in for the loyalty points. And it's something that really has taken the uh, quick serve industry by storm. First with Panera and then with Chick-fil-A, among others, putting a lot of stock into their loyalty programs. Starbucks is the one that's probably most widely utilized. But what happens with a retailer and a retailer loyalty program? You know, if you are somebody who you love Chick-fil-A and you're going to go there, or you go to Starbucks because you want that coffee, what you're also doing is you're going there instead of a competitor. With retail, same idea. The retailer is trying to get you brand loyal in an industry that no longer really has any brand loyalty. And there's a big difference, though, and a problem that comes with retail that you don't have with a quick-serve restaurant or a fast-food restaurant, but you certainly do with an airline. And listen to this distinction with the difference. When people, generally corporate types, become loyal to one of the three full-fare airlines, which, if you're not familiar, that's American, United, and Delta, or the full-fare airlines, with them, they get you into their loyalty complex, and then you become not price-sensitive, especially because a lot of times with a full-fare airline, your company's paying, and you don't care quite enough about finding the lowest cost because you're trying to get those points for that vacation you want to take to who knows where. Well, when you're going to a retailer and you sign up for their loyalty program and you become brand loyal, you're not spending the company's money, you're spending your own. And in retail, it's so hyper-competitive. You know, I talked to our Clark Deals team about this and we talk about how the prices move around and who responds to who and all that. And if you want the lowest price when you're buying things at retail, it's got to be about who's got the deal, not who's giving you points. You know, the next thing, I saw a crazy item in Market Watch that the next thing is having experiences for you at a retailer with private shopping hours and stuff like that. Man. Talk about a way to get you to spend more money than you should. 
private shopping hours? Yuck. Paul is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Paul. Hello. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing fine. So you got a daughter you're thinking about having a really special event. Talk to me about that. Sure. Um, Actually, I have an inheritance and deciding what to do with it. And, you know, my daughter is not engaged, but uh, we'd like to put some money away for some future wedding. And she's in her mid-30s. And in my experience, um, if she's spending her own money, she's very particular about what she does. If she's spending my money, it's and she wants to be real creative. And I want to get on the same page as my wife. And what I'd like to do is set it aside in the fund for a future date. But when the time comes, actually gift her the money as a budget and say, this is what you have. You determine what your trade-offs are rather than getting me in the middle of it or, gee, I really like this $5,000 wedding gown oh. <laughs> as opposed to $2,000. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, um, I'm trying to convince my wife, and she's kind of on board. It's just our experience with her. She's a very good money manager if it's her money. If it's right. my money... It's different. Yeah, the sky's the limit. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about your loss of a loved one that we're talking about an inheritance. Right. Um, I appreciate that. uh, As far as your idea, of course I'm going to love your idea because that's what I did with my oldest daughter. Oh, really? Yeah, I sat down, her and her fiancé, when they uh, got engaged, and I said, here's money for you for your wedding. Whatever you spend is yours to spend if you spend more that comes out of your pocket if you spend less you have the money for a down payment on the house the two of you want and guess what they did they cut every corner and saved every dollar they could and spent substantially less than what i had given them and that was fine with me because they then all the decisions of what really mattered were decisions they made and, and that's exactly where I'm going with it. I know she can manage it, uh, but if she's, you know, thinking about a down payment on a house or something like that, then she'll choose that rather than a destination wedding or something if she thinks, you know, it's unlimited. And I don't have unlimited funds. And by the way, on the dress, something I talked yeah. about recently is that um, women are now spending much less money on wedding dresses than they used to. A lot of wedding independent wedding shops are closing around the country because uh, a lot of this generation of brides don't believe in spending big money on a dress. So well, she, may su- she may surprise you that way. But again, when you say it's almost like giving somebody a voucher and you say you stretch this voucher as much as you want and it's yours to stretch as you wish... And if you spend less than that voucher, it's yours to keep. It changes the the whole psychology and the economics. I support your idea completely of just giving her a lump sum. Well, thanks very much. That's what I wanted to hear. And by the way, if she chooses and whoever her intended would be, they choose to go get married at the courthouse or do a simple, quiet ceremony 
at uh, their religious congregation and that's what they choose to do, the rest of that money should still be theirs to do with what they want. Yeah, and I agree. And I actually trust her to make the decisions. I just don't trust her if she thinks it's my money that she's spending. A hundred percent. We're talking the same thing here. Okay. All right. Well, thanks well, best very much. to you, Paul. All right. Take care. And John is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, John. Hey, Clark. Great to uh, be on with you. I really appreciate you taking my call. Well, great to have you here. You have a question that's been on a lot of inquiring minds about ways to watch television. Hit me with it. Well, I'm I'm trying to save my parents a little bit of money on their TV bill. Uh, it's it's upwards of two hundred dollars with uh, all the bundling stuff together. Whoa! Um, yeah, with the with the bundling with a phone, a home phone, and then the internet, it's 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 over two hundred bucks. So they're kind of on a fixed you know budget. I'm just trying to see if I can help them out a little bit with that. Um, I was looking at a, a major carrier's uh, plan of, of of unlimited data. Um, my parents do watch a lot of TV, uh, so I'm just wondering if, if something like that would work for them as far as using the unlimited data on that kind of a plan for being able to watch a streaming, a streaming service. Yeah, and uh, are either of your parents past 55? Yes. So they're eligible for the 55-plus plans that both T-Mobile and Sprint offer that are $70 a month total with T-Mobile, I think it's a little higher with Sprint. And it's unlimited yeah, actually, talk, T- unlimited... T-Mobile. Go ahead. Uh, T-Mobile was the one that uh, they were looking at, yeah. Yeah, so with T-Mobile, they were the pioneers even before unlimited data that allowed unlimited streaming. And so, yeah, the thing with the streaming, though, is if they're going to project from their phone to their television, mm-hmm. it... Uh, only streams at standard definition. Ah, so if okay. they've gotten really into the high-def pictures, they're not going to have that unless they pay for a more premium plan with T-Mobile. Right. So it goes at, if I remember right, it streams at 480p on the standard 55-plus unlimited plan. But 70 a month is so cheap... Maybe they could get used to the pictures not being as good on the TV. Yeah, that's the thing. They do watch, uh, you know, my dad has limited mobility these days, so he watches a lot of TV. Uh, So, yeah, I was just wondering how that worked with, you know, watching a ton of it. Myself, I don't really, so it it wouldn't really be an issue. But, uh, yeah, they kind of got got used to watching it high def, and then they do watch an awful lot of it. So So you'd have to have them on a higher price plan with t-mobile that would yeah. allow the streaming in high def and i i'm i think it's 20 dollars more a month aligned so instead of being 70 it would be 110 if i remember right 110 okay but then they're yeah. able to watch in high def and in order to to watch the high def on a tv from their phone there are these wireless devices you can buy now that cost I think about $40 that will project what's on your phone straight to your TV. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So a Chromecast, which is the way most people would do that, Chromecast is going to require 
uh, home Wi-Fi network. And I don't know if they're going to have any home internet anymore when they make these changes. Yeah, it's a typical thing where, you know, the uh, the, the local uh, monopoly, you know, cable place uh you know they just they jack up the rates of the the internet you know once you decide hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bundle with you anymore you know it's so with t-mobile it'll be confusing at first but then it'll become more clear what they offer with each of their unlimited bundles and there's an unlimited bundle that for whatever web surfing they do gives you uh 4G surfing up to a certain point on your laptop, and then after that, it goes to 3G, but it's unlimited. So right. 3G, they're not going to be able to watch video. They'd probably be able to stream all the music they wanted, but this is just for using the phone as a hotspot. Right. As far as watching TV, that's unlimited. Oh, okay. But again, right. getting the picture from the phone up to the TV that's where you're going to have to cross that bridge to help them. And these new devices that don't require a home internet connection is what they're going to want. Because otherwise it has to be a hard cable from the HDMI of a TV to the port on the phone, and that's a lot to ask of somebody to go plug in every time. That's true. Well, I appreciate the help, Clark. All right, well, have a great day. And Thank you. these choices are going to get easier and easier as more and more people kill the bundle and go to streaming on their phones and all the rest and not even involving a home internet service. Today's Clark Rage is one of those things that just eats at me. A new report from the Census Bureau finds that men, inflation-adjusted, are earning less today than men did 40 plus years ago. Think about that. And the reason is the nature of work has changed so much. Men historically, a lot of men, have earned a living based on brawn, you know, on doing physical labor of some kind. And factory work has automated so heavily a lot of those jobs in the factory that paid well were really dangerous. But a lot of those jobs are now replaced by robotics and machinery, uh, various forms of automation, and they're not coming back. I mean, the United States is the largest at manufacturing it's ever been with a tiny fraction of the labor it used to have. Women who so heavily rely on education for the field of work they go into, have seen incomes rise over that time period. Men, on the other hand, who are not well represented in education generally, have seen incomes decline, on average, not everybody. And it doesn't mean a college education, but getting a trade, a skill, uh, that's something that gives you what's referred to as a skilled trade plumber, electrician, who knows what. Getting a skill, it can be a college degree, whatever it is, this income gap that men are experiencing, you can see what the cause is if you walk on a college campus, which I've done so much of with a daughter in college now, 
that colleges are overwhelmingly dominated now, on average, by women students. Men are not present anywhere near the numbers of women. We're in an era that it's all about what you know. And so whatever that is that you would enjoy, again, it doesn't necessarily mean college. It can be a state-supported technical college. But the point is, today, education, starting out an education for a lifetime, is the key to overcoming incomes declining over two generations. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. And do you know we have free off-the-air advice available for you over 40 hours each week? It's a service of the Clark Howard Show for the last 26 years, where you can call for free off-the-air advice. The hours available, the phone number to call to talk with a member of Team Clark, Listed on the homepage of Clark.com. Just scroll down a little. You'll see the hours and the number. Speaking of numbers, Apple's got the cell phone carrier's numbers big time. Because Apple is the one player in the United States that can move the market. You know, worldwide, Apple's down to 10% market share of cell phones being sold. But here in the United States, rivals Samsung in overall market share. And so Apple filed a complaint with the Justice Department that I shared with you, I think, last year about anti-competitive moves of AT&T and Verizon that were blocking the implementation of a much more efficient way for cell phones to operate known as eSIM. And if you heard as part of the buzz about the new iPhones, that they come with eSIM capability. Everywhere else in the world except the United States, people routinely switch cell phone carriers on a whim. Most places, people buy coverage for no more than a month, sometimes even for a week at a time in other countries. And in many places, people will do service by service from more than one cell phone company simultaneously. It's something that's even hard for us to fathom in the United States with our behemoth cell phone carriers that people tend to stay with year after year after year, and therefore we pay generally much higher rates than people do elsewhere in the world where they put competition into play. Well, the thing that particularly Verizon and AT&T are terrified of is the eSIM, which will make you switching a carrier something you can do instantaneously right from your own phone on the go or right from your own home or office whenever you want and then switch back whenever you want as well. It creates, strikes fear in the hearts of cell phone carriers and that's why in the United States only is there this big push that you have this little plastic chip called a SIM card put in your phone and it slows everything down with people feeling free to switch from one to another. Apple didn't feel like it could launch these phones 
as eSIM only, but they have eSIM capability and also a place for a chip. But the whole idea is that in the future, there will be only the eSIM. It's almost like how Apple did something that seemed crazy at the time when they eliminated the headphone jack and people that are Apple users now are accustomed to not having a headphone jack anymore. And so Apple is so influential in the United States that odds are we will move away from having any of these plastic chips at all known as SIM cards. And that would be so great for your wallet. But when major introductions occur like now with the new iPhones in the United States, the new Samsungs don't have the same market-moving influence. But this is the time you should really think about when you're thinking of getting a new handset that you think about whether you were with the best cell phone carrier for your service or not. And odds are overwhelming that you are way overpaying for your cell phone service. Especially if you are someone who's been with AT&T or Verizon for a long, long time. Even with them, almost certainly plans have gotten cheaper and better than what you signed up on years ago, and you just keep paying the bill month after month. And never forget the second-tier brands that are owned by the major carriers themselves or are captives of them. For AT&T, that's Cricket. For T-Mobile, it is MetroPCS. And for Sprint, it's Boost Mobile. For Verizon, they have a captive called Total Wireless. If you want to reduce the prices and still remain in the house of the major carrier, you can potentially save yourself a ton of money going to their discount brand of one of the majors instead of the parent brand, if you will. And the only thing, the only difference you face is paying less money. And I have a call now from... I don't know what your name is. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hi, what's your name? Uh, this is Rob. Hi, Rob. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. And Rob, you want to talk about how I always trash 403B plans. That's right, Clark. And and first, I just want to say I'm, I'm completely giddy talking to you. I've been listening to you for decades and uh, have followed your advice and also myself been interested in personal finance and investments for you know since I was a teenager a lot like you so that's um, great yes so 403b's um, as you've talked about they're for nonprofits and they do have a bad rap um, and some of them are still pretty lousy but my wife and I have worked in uh, a number of uh, organizations with 403b's that have been excellent and I work in healthcare, and she works uh, for a think tank. And we've never had anything but fantastic 403Bs with some of your favorite companies and very low expense ratios. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that you were aware that not all 403Bs are bad. And uh, when callers call in asking about their plans, making sure they, they look under the hood at what they've really got. Well, that is a great thing you said because, you know, when I – talk in such stark terms about 403Bs, I'm trying to really shake people up 
and get them to do something they don't even know they can do, and that is find out what they're paying for the 403B. The problem in the 403B industry is so often, even if somebody has uh, funds offered to them from a low-cost fund house, they may still be paying very high charges for administration to an insurance company that manages the 403B therein. And so... Yeah, that's... Go ahead. That's right. I I think especially um, teachers have um, traditionally been exposed to pretty lousy plans through their school districts and and whatever plans they've they've worked out. Uh, But... Yeah, and isn't it terrible? Our teachers... Teachers get beaten up every possible way, not physically, but I mean... You know, that teachers have trouble getting enough respect. They have trouble getting enough pay for the hard work they do. And then on top of it, that generally school districts lack the capability in-house to pick good 403B plans. And so they just kind of say, oh, why don't you handle that? Whoever you are, you go handle that. Or it's handled by a teacher's union that also lacks the expertise to pick these plans and the teachers end up getting socked with expenses that are so high that often a teacher will end up with less money at the end of a year than they started with at the beginning because the fees are so ginormous that's yeah, a that's teachers. a classic financial term by the way ginormous not really I've seen teacher plans with 3% expense ratios. And as an example, my plan and my wife's plan have expense ratios, uh, total expenses down around 0.03 and 0.04%. So, And that's they, they fantastic. Definitely... So where you and your wife are is in the range of what a good 403, 401k would be also. Yeah. Well, thanks, Clark, for everything you do. Appreciate it. And, uh, and keep saving that money. More you save, the better off you're going to be. And we're speaking now with Todd. Todd, welcome to the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Clark. It's uh, nice to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly, Todd. How can I be of service? Yeah, well, my wife and I have an emergency fund um, just at a local bank. and But it's not. It's in just a regular checking account, and it's not getting any kind of like return on it. Um, and so really I was just kind of wondering if you had any advice to maybe moving it. I have a local credit union, maybe in my area that I've seen maybe two or 3% for a checking account. Um, just wanted to kind of, uh, get your thoughts on that. So the 2% checking accounts, usually two or three, uh, 10 years ago, they were 5% checking accounts. The way those work is you and your wife would have to do so many debit card transactions in a month and clear them as credit card transactions. You know how with a debit card, you'll use it somewhere or any card, and they'll say debit or credit. And with a debit card, you can choose to say credit, even though it's a debit card, and then the merchant has to pay much higher fees than they would if it clears as a debit card. So when a credit union or a bank is offering higher interest rates on checking accounts with those accounts, usually they're limited to paying 
the interest on a balance up to like twenty or twenty-five thousand dollars, and you're required to do usually I think it's like uh, twelve to twenty, depending on the bank or credit union debit card transactions a month cleared as credit and that's where the money comes from to pay you the interest is from what they earn on those merchant fees okay so you would most likely just kind of keep it where it's at now just liquid or um no so i have a different answer okay um you can link your existing account to one of the online banks that are paying now, lots of them are paying around 2%, even some a little more than 2% on simple savings. And the money can be moved on two days' notice. You know, emergency, usually two days would be quick enough. You can move it back to your regular bank. And then you're earning 2% that's going to go higher over the next six months. Gotcha. And that is just simply linking the account to an online bank, or is that moving it? That's exactly right. What you do is you open an account with an online bank, and you link it to your existing bank or credit union account, and then the money can be moved back and forth pretty easily. And I'm looking right now, there's a website that has a pretty good list of the online banks. I'm looking at uh, bankrate.com. And the highest rates available today are 2.25% on simple savings. And so that's, that's where things are headed. By the end of the year, we may have the highest rates people are offering around 2.5 or so percent. Really simple to just link your account and know you're going to get a better deal. So give it a try. Landon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Landon. Hey. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. Well, you want to save some money for your future. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I I just started a new full-time job. And uh, right now, I'm doing pretty well. I'm pretty fortunate. I don't have a lot of uh, debt. So I'm putting uh, 50% of my check into uh, basically a full Roth 401k. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. This is fantastic, phenomenal, incredible. Did you say 5-0% or do I need to adjust my hearing? No, you're, you're good. You're good. Do you know that puts you in a category that used to be known as a max saver and today would make you a, a advocate of fire? You heard the expression fire? Uh, I think I heard a, a couple shows ago, but I can't remember what exactly it was. Well, um, fire is something that producer Joel is really into, and it is where... Go ahead, Joel, because you have so many buddies that are into this. Yeah, so fire the FIRE movement it stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early, and so for anybody that you know, wants to save a huge percentage of what they make, it gives them a lot of options. Uh, you know, if they eventually decide that they don't want to work or want to work for themselves or whatever, so uh, there's a lot of cool people in that movement. Yeah, that so, is the goal. Yeah, so that's the idea. If you write out of the right at your first big job, right out of the box, you're used to living the lifestyle you live. You got this job that's paying you beyond what your needs are. You're saving half of what you make. It is 
fantastic for you, and it sets you on a path of complete financial independence that you'll be able to achieve at a relatively young age if you keep saving half of what you make. So generally, um, it depends on how extreme you want to be, but what used to be called a max saver, if you live on half of what you make, you'll usually be able to retire in your early to mid-40s. All right. And that still means that uh, you have to be frugal from the point you retire. And usually, as is so true with people in the FIRE movement, it doesn't mean they never work again. It just means they choose to work because they've achieved the financial independence. And they do what they love, which may be very different from what they've done uh, in their 20s and 30s. Okay. So inside your um, Roth 401k, what are you putting the money into? Well, I just started, so that's I haven't really allocated it. It's in a Target uh, retirement fund right now. I think that's perfect. You can just put um, 100% of it in Target retirement fund and let it grow. What year did you pick for your Target retirement fund? I want to say it's 2065 right now. Right now, that would that would mean that you really intend, even though you're saving such an enormous amount of your pay, that you plan to work a normal working life cycle. Do you think so? Um, I kind of just want to see kind of what happens uh, between now and then. I okay. would like to get out early, but I mean, I can't really predict life just yet. All right. Well, doing what you're doing is great. It will change your future. It gives you so much more freedom. It gives you so much more choice by doing this. And I think just do exactly what you did as a default, that target retirement fund, because the important thing is that you're saving half of what you make. This is the Clark Howard Show. Thanks so much for listening today. You know, there's a giant team behind bringing you everything we do at Team Clark. Our podcast and radio show are produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. My TV producer is Leah Dunn. Clark.com is made possible thanks to Krista DiBiaz, James DeGal, John Crest, Theo Timu, Michael Timmerman, Craig Johnson, Beth Marcinko, Clara Bassanetto, John Jones, and Grace Del Rio. ClarkDeals.com, where you can find the best deals from around the web, is produced by Karis Brown, Laura Sayers, Sarah Jordan. You can sign up for our newsletters at Clark.com. Thanks to Sally McDonald. And our social media gurus are Chelsea Glass and Nicole Carroll. Our Off-Air Advice Center is run by Lori Silverman, Sarah Mobley, and Sue Gatliff. And their team's available to serve you over 40 hours each week at 404-892-8227. And this is a free service of Team Clark. Thanks for listening. Till next time.